Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs can match the right talent with the open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. And LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills that you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire, people with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's a no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team, T-E-A-M, to get $50 off your first job post. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. It's been a while, and I'm joined on the phone by my good friend, Rob. We are quarantining ourselves. We are following social distancing. It's difficult, but it's a necessity, but we still want to get a podcast out. So Rob is on the phone. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, we're, we're apart now. So Dustin's in Charlottesville, back home. We're I'm still back up in Arlington. We're apart, and, but still, know, just- still together. We're not breaking. We up do our anything. best. We're doing we do our, our best. best. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a weird time in our lives for sure. So we haven't had a podcast in about maybe two weeks, I think. And but we wanted to get one out because that even though there are no sports, there are still things happening related to sports. Uh, sports are still going on. So we wanted to talk to y'all about what we think about sports. We're gonna talk a little bit of basketball today. We're gonna talk some football. But first, I think we need to address kind of the big elephant in the room, which is right now there are no sports. And I think this is a really weird time for a lot of people because we have all this time at home, but we're not able to watch the thing that I love the most. And that a lot of people love as well. Yeah. I mean, like it obviously just sucks, you know, like March madness is supposed to be happening right now. Right. You know, it sucks for us, the fan, like, 
you know, that one whirlwind of the day when everything was canceled was one of like the weirdest news days I've ever seen in my life where the, like the, NBA season canceled the and then season, everything yeah. else just follows. But yeah, I mean, it obviously sucks for the athletes too. I mean, you think about the easy example is kind of your, your Braxton and your Monadies guys who, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't even get to play the ACC tournament. You know, they came and had a great season second in the ACC and, you know, it just kind of ended just like that, just like snap of the finger. So, yeah, I mean, it obviously sucks for all these guys and, you know, you just got to make the best of it. And, you know, thankfully, you know, we'll talk about it, but you've got all these channels showing replays of old games and some good, some bad, but, you know, we just got to do what we can with it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's not fun. (laughs) It's definitely not fun. Right. Yeah. I, and I think that, you know, it, oh, obviously, this is necessary with the danger of uh, the coronavirus is posing to everyone, especially those with you know, health risks already. And so we needed to cancel these tournaments and these games and these seasons, but it was just really abrupt. And I think that 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 would caught a lot of people off guard because we were not prepared at all for the kind of response that these leagues and these teams would have, you know, on, you know, it was a Monday or was it a Tuesday when Rudy Gobert got coronavirus and then they canceled that game and then they canceled the NBA and then they canceled basically everything else and it all start it yeah. all happened within a couple of days and it was really fast and you know then jobs started to close and people were working from home and now you know no one's in the streets it's just a weird time yeah i mean it's it's just strange i mean like just working from the apartment and you know, I try to, we're trying to watch what we can. Like, obviously we watched like the UVA games that were, they were showing mm-hmm. on uh, CBS and, you know, they're showing reruns of football on ACC network. I'm watching a really bad Boston college Syracuse game right now. Full disclosure, <laughs> football. <laughs> we take what we, we can. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's just unfortunate, man. And like, obviously it, it goes so much bigger than sports and sports are just a consequence here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's that a good we way can't to play it. or watch, but you know, it, it does kind of, it is unfortunate, man, 100%. And, you know, hopefully we can give you guys our great loyal listeners, you know, something here to something, listen to anything. when content is when content's lagging. <laughs> we'll take anything at this point. It's not, <laughs> Pretty we much. don't need much. We don't need much. I'm watching marble racing over here. To, to I've heard that's so a big much. thing. It is a big thing. I I have started. It's really fun. Um, See, I've also seen like e racing is e, a big deal. Yeah, I've seen people like betting on weather. Yeah. I've seen all sorts of things going on. Streaming on Twitch is really big right now. If you're into video games, I know I am. I don't stream, but but I thought about it for for serious because I'm just looking for things. Because I mean, e, you, Rob, you're working, but like I'm a teacher, and schools in Virginia. I don't know if you've heard, but they're done for the year. And so, I mean, we might have to do some online stuff and I've got a meeting tomorrow. So I'm, I've got a couple things to do, but like not a lot. So I'm trying to fill my time. I'm doing chores around my parents' house. I'm in Charlottesville with my parents. I'm doing chores. I'm like uh, building things. I'm going to paint their deck. It's just weird. Oh, good for you, dude. Good I know. For you. I'm trying to get outside because otherwise I would just sit in my bed all day. Which is not helpful. <laughs> anyway, let's get into some of these sports that we've been watching over the past couple of days in our quarantine. 
And I think one that a lot of UVA fans either knew about or watched was the airing of the national championship game, the re-airing of it on CBS, and also the following day or maybe a couple days later, the subsequent run up to the championship, the Purdue game, the Auburn game, and then the Texas Tech game again. So let's talk about those real quick and re-watching them. What was something that you noticed maybe that you didn't before, Rob? Yeah, I mean, to me, the big thing, and I remember saying this like before the season started, like going back and watching some of the clips, but like that team was just so good. And yeah, yeah, they caught breaks here and there, but you know we were on the wrong end of those breaks when we lost to UMBC and mm-hmm. when we kind of collapsed against Syracuse. And mm-hmm. you know you got to get lucky to win that tournament. It's just the way it's set up. But yeah. you know you go back and you look at that team and you look at how good Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, DeAndre Hunter were. You know that obviously for me the best UVA team I've seen in my lifetime. And then you know probably the best UVA team you know maybe ever. So, I mean, like, you look at all these guys on the floor and, you know, hopefully Kyle makes it in the NBA. He sticks. Hopefully same for Ty Jerome. But that was a really, really good college basketball team. And you look back at the shots that they made in key moments, but also the shots they made when there was 16 minutes to play in the first half or 12 minutes to play in the second half just throughout the game. They were really good, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, no disrespect to this year's team. They fought hard and I would have been, if you had told me beginning of the season, these guys would finish second in the ACC, I would have been, you know, pretty skeptical of that. But that team was really, really good. And dude, you look back, my expectations for that season were final four bus. And I think it was entirely justified. And it's just so cool watching them succeed again. And the talent and the chemistry that Tony Bennett put on the floor for those six games. Yep. And, and also, you know, the, the players who weren't given as much credit, during that year you know we're talking about jack salt who was a really a role player by the end of the season when we went small a lot of the time a lot of times our lineup was you know kihei kyle ty braxton and mamadi and or dre somewhere in there and jack was on the bench jack was the fifth year senior started since his freshman year and he was on the bench but he stepped up in a lot of these games he played some really good defense against auburn and against purdue uh, he didn't play as well against Texas Tech, but you know he he had his moments, and it was all these people who stepped up in these moments and played really really well, and they played to the best of their ability in those games. Yeah, I'm a, it's kind of interesting to like go back and watch those games because this year the bench was so limited, especially late in the season, mm-hmm. that you know the, there wasn't a lot of playing. Kind of your starting five was your starting five. Going back to these tournament games, I mean, just like you said, Jack Salt would play one game and then hardly play the next. I mean, Jay Huff didn't play hardly at all the entire tournament. Makes a surprise appearance in the Texas Tech game. That was short-lived. But you look at the way Mamadi Diakite, and Mamadi Diakite was used actually more than the other guys. But Braxton Key comes, you know, barely plays, and then comes and plays, you know, so many minutes in the championship game. Mm -hmm. Like, it was really terrific coaching. Like, as much as it was these players – you know, doing the things that they did. It was really a terrific coaching job too. And we've seen Tony Bennett throughout his career. He's been more of one to react to the matchups than to dictate to him. Mm-hmm. But it was a game of chess going on in all these games throughout the tournament. And Tony Bennett just played it perfectly. And obviously it worked. For sure. And, you know, we we look at the, I, I think our big three, Kyle and Dre and Ty. 
And really, I mean, throughout the tournament, they all had their games. You know, DeAndre really shined in the championship game. And he was pretty quiet against Auburn and Purdue. You know, against Purdue, Dre only had 10 points. He played 37 minutes, but he wasn't on the floor for a lot of the overtime period. And even at, after the under-four timeout during the during the regular game. And so, but, but, and Kyle was cold, cold as ice from the field for the first three games, but he lit it up in the last three. And then Ty, of course, was really solid throughout the whole tournament, had some foul trouble against Auburn, which kind of sparked their run at the end, but he also had 21 points in that game. So, you know, all these get different guys stepped up in different ways, and then they really put it all together at the very end. And it was really beautiful to rewatch it and see you know, their react and I love seeing their reactions on Twitter, especially in the championship game when they were all took over the UVA basketball account. I love seeing their reactions to, you know, when guys would make mistakes or when someone hit a really good shot and they were teasing each other and it was really just a great fun time to rewatch and relive it. Well like the thing with that too is you know, I watched the Purdue game on TV at your place, actually. Yeah, we were but, together. And then, <laughs> yeah, a lot <laughs> of la- great stories. You're laughing. I know what you're thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> you're thinking about that unreleased podcast we recorded yeah, afterwards. it's out there. It's, it's out there. <laughs> it's in Someday, the internet maybe. somewhere. We're never releasing but, it. Go on. Uh, but that was the first time I've seen the TV broadcast of the Auburn or Texas Tech game. Like, I'd seen yeah. the highlights from those games before, but I was lucky enough to be at both games. I know you were at the Auburn game. Mm-hmm. And, it was the first time I saw the TV broadcast. And I know you put it on Twitter of uh, Dick Bennett, like coaching and pointing and yeah. how they kept highlighting on that. I mean, like who would have known? That's the first time I've ever seen that. Right. And they kept so showing, it was, G- they kept showing Gene Katie during the Purdue game. And they kept showing, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes during the Texas tech game. And it, it was fun. And, you know, the announcers were great. And I, I really had a blast rewatching it. Yeah, no, I mean, it was awesome, man. I mean, that's, you know, (laughs) you go through a lot of suffering as a sports fan. And, you know, all the the Lato years and Gillen, maybe Uh, even before that. And then obviously Mike London and all the other sports you want to throw in. (laughs) You know, we we don't want to rag on everybody. No. Yeah, it it makes it all worthwhile, man. It really does. It does. And and I told my fiance, CJ, that we're going to rewatch these games every year. She said, okay. So I think I think she's all right with it, but I still get nervous. I mean, I I even know what's happening, and I think they're just such. Each game is so good in its own way that they're they're just great games, and I get excited and nervous watching them. Purdue is probably one of the best games I've ever seen. Period. Texas Tech, the Texas Tech game was amazing in that it went to overtime in the championship. We had two first round picks in Culver and DeAndre going back and forth. And DeAndre won that matchup. And, of course, the Auburn game was insane and, you know, all the memories from that. So I think rewatching it and the memories kind of, I mean, I guess it kind of helped with the lull in sports. And I think CBS did a great job of recognizing the potential to just reshow all these great classic games from the tournaments in years past. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we've seen it across some of the networks, but hopefully – you know, keep the content coming for as long as it's needed. Oh yeah. Cause I can only watch Syracuse Boston college so many times. It's I, this game's already getting old guys. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm anyway. sure, I'm sure there's going to be more games coming up 
I know they've already showed the UMBC game as well. I did not watch that. I have no Seth interest in Davis watching that. Davis live tweeted it, of course. So of course he expect did. Expect nothing less. Virginia, Sharpie. Thanks, Seth <laughs> Davis. Anyway, I think that as the, you know, as the quarantining continues for weeks or hopefully not months, but maybe months, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of different sports that are shown from years past. Um, I I also spent my time watching the Ocho. ESPN ate the Ocho on ESPN2 where they show really weird sports all day. I watched some combat juggling for a while. It was really interesting. But I think, yeah, I think there's going to be a nice time to show some replays of great sports games coming up. Absolutely. So, I don't know. So, we've talked about the past. There's not really much to talk about in the current. No. You want to talk about the future a little bit with basketball? I I think that'd be great. So well, we still got a scholarship open for 2021 and, you know, Tony Bennett has shown that, you know, he's perfectly fine going into the season, not failing a scholarship. Some, heck, sometimes not even failing two scholarships. Are you looking at this at all? Are, are you intrigued by this? And, you know, like the betting favorites are out, you know, Virginia currently is the favorite to win the 2021 championship. Mm-hmm. I don't know how about you, how you feel about that necessarily, but, you know, obviously those chances could get helped if the right guy comes in. I mean, what are we thinking about right now looking ahead to next season? I mean, are we focused on this open scholarship at all? I mean, what are just our thoughts right now? I I think that there's a couple things going through. I, I think what the coaches are looking at, they might look for a graduate transfer. I know there's been a couple names who have been linked to this open scholarship. Um so the one came up this morning, actually, his name is Wirtz, uh, Trey Wirtz. He's from Santa Clara. We actually recruited him uh, coming out of high school. He's a 6'5 shooting guard, two years left to play. So I think that, you know, the coaches might go that route or they may try and fill it with another uh, recruit. Uh, so, for example, a recruit that we've been following uh, for a while is actually teammates with uh, McCorkle, Carson McCorkle, who is uh, coming to Virginia next year, is Carter Witt. Uh, he has actually decided against reclassifying, but I think the coaches are looking to in a, into anything really at this point, whether it's keeping it open or whether it's getting one of these graduate transfers or snagging a recruit away from somewhere else or just trying to get another recruit to reclassify. I think everything is kind of on the table right now. And as the summer goes on and we see a little bit more as the graduate transfers start to become more apparent as the portal opens up a little bit more with all these tech players that are going to leave, I think that <laughs> I think that we're going to figure out what the coaches are looking at, whether it's a grad transfer or whether it's a whether it's a regular transfer or if it's a another recruit uh, you know, a lot of our highly recruited players have been transfers recently. We got we've gotten a lot of uh, a lot of run out of some transfers in Tony Bennett's era, and I don't think that people have really realized this, but we've had a lot of great transfers come to Virginia. We had Anthony Gill, who was a stud for two years or three years, actually. Excuse me. We had uh, Austin Nichols, who. might have been a stud but was uh, unfortunately unable to stay on the team we had Nigel Johnson who was a great backup point guard for Ty during that year that we lost to UMBC he was there for one year Tomas has been uh 
really good so far in his tenure. He's got one more year left. So I think that Tony really like Darius Thompson as well, another transfer. So we've got a lot of these transfers come in who have played really, really well for us. And I think that Tony's looking into that as well. And we get Hauser this year, Sam Hauser. So that's another example of a transfer. So we've got a lot of these transfers coming up. My guess is might he might try to get a transfer or he might just keep it open. So I think we'll learn more about that in the upcoming months. Personally. Yeah, and I mean, we'll talk about this with football too, but, you know, the huge wild card also is, you know, is there going to be the sit-out transfer rule? You know, that's the rule. That's what's on the table right now is mm-hmm. whether or not you're going to have to sit out one. And it might be that come April or May, they get rid of that. And so all of a sudden, pretty much everyone becomes immediately eligible. So it's definitely intriguing to follow. You know, like we said, Tony Bennett doesn't necessarily feel and you normally does not feel a need to full to fill that scholarship. So mm-hmm. it, it might or might not happen, but you know, your guess is as good as mine. You know, a name like Seth Towns pops up and, you know, people start chatting right. and then he chooses Ohio State. Or it could be, I mean, heck, you know, I don't think it'd be the case this year, but last year uh Tomas Woldatinsai like came out of nowhere. A Juco. I don't yeah. know. It's just something interesting to follow. And, you know, especially considering the uh you know the whole coronavirus situation where mm-hmm. traveling is limited and visits are limited mm-hmm. and right now visits can't happen so yeah. it might not materialize if anything materializes it might not happen for several more months still so and you, it's all really intriguing to follow and you talked about the the transfer rule where you sit, might not have to sit out a year if the NCAA declares it so but they they've also pushed that off the table until the coronavirus is kind of more cleared up and people can actually meet together. So that's being put on the back burner for a while as well. So a lot of things are kind of up in the air right now in terms of sports. You know, I think a question that we should be asking is, are we going to have sports in the fall? Like, is football going to start on time in the fall? Because if this drags on for more months, they're not going to be able to practice over the summer. Uh, Teams might not be able to meet in the fall for some reason, if this drags on for longer than people think, we might be looking at either a delayed season or a shortened season of not only college football, but all those other fall sports, field hockey and volleyball, soccer. I think it would be, I think it's interesting to keep an eye on that and see kind of where the NCAA and all these schools as well feel about having all those players in very close quarters. And I'll tell you, dude, that that never really hit me until Broncos press conference. It was like a week ago where, you know, going into the press conference, the idea was, hey, like spring practice is canceled. You know, what are you going to do for this? What are you going to do for that? And Bronco kind of raised the possibility. It's like, hey, like we don't know if there's going to be a season next year. Right. You know, we just don't know. I mean, that's the crazy part about all of this is we just don't know. There's a and lot of uncertainty. No one's yeah. guess is really better than anyone else's because – no one has insight into how long this thing is going to drag on, how long the safety precautions are going to take. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bronco had said, you know, his threshold for a season was a full ACC schedule, which would be eight games under the current scheduling format. But yeah, I, like I mean, it's that, kind of yeah. crazy to think about, you know, like, are we going to have fall camp even like we obviously aren't having spring practice. Is there going to be a training camp or does mm-hmm. training camp get abbreviated or is non-conference eliminated? I mean, I don't know. It's yep. really, it's really crazy to think about it's- and there's a lot of unknowns with that too. Like for example, we got a new quarterback in Brennan Armstrong. Is he going to be able to work? I know I read 
on online that he's been working out with some of the wide receivers, but you know, are they going to be able to run plays together with the rest of the offense before the season starts? And that's something that we just don't know at this point. Yeah. I mean, talking football specifically, you know, this is, this is the off season where you really want yeah, the spring practice. Yes. You really want training camp. When, I was really, yeah. I was actually really looking forward to seeing how Brandon Armstrong looked behind center full time. Well, yeah, I mean, you got him. You have, you know, hopefully there's some new faces showing up as well, both at running back and quarterback. If not, even more new faces that we don't know about yet. But you know, obviously, like we got new receivers, we got to break in. I mean, it's Dontavian Wicks. Is he a guy that can stay on the field for all of our snaps now? I mean, we got to break in a new tight end. I mean. There's so many questions. Big one being Brennan Armstrong. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's you. This is really the off season. You want spring practice. If you're right. Fan. Right. Not not only not only for for the fans, but also for like, can he actually be the quarterback, or do we have to try and get someone else in? And and you know the the coaching staff has all the faith in Brennan Armstrong, but we have just not seen a lot of him yet. He's made some good throws. He's made some good runs, but he's also made some mistakes in the few snaps that we've seen him and so i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing how he does with this shortened schedule or or if there's a shortened schedule or if there is a less practice than usual how does that affect him i don't know i mean everyone says all the right things about brennan armstrong but you're absolutely right you just don't know until you see it in person and i like the guy you know he seems like it's going to be a different style of offense than what we've seen before. You know, it's going to be somewhere in the middle probably between where Bryce Perkins was that offense and where Kurt Benkert was that offense Mm -hmm. probably gonna be somewhere in the middle. And, you know, (laughs) I've been trying when I have time, I'm trying to go back and I'm trying to like, you know, what is, what did Sam Ellinger do here? What did Taysom Hill do there? You know, how is this passing concept developed for Benkert or what did Bryce do that? I mean, you're trying to like, mesh all these things together and trying mm-hmm. to piece together what this offense will look like i mean the truth is, is that you can get an idea of it but you know there's still pieces that are up in the air that we just really don't know and you know i have a lot of confidence in brennan armstrong with what people are saying about him i think we're gonna there's gonna be more zip on the ball than when bryce threw it mm-hmm. you know it, everyone describes him as kind of a gunslinger which i think we've kind of seen that to an extent you know i think bronco mm-hmm. for his running style pretty accurately in my opinion described him as elusive but not necessarily dynamic so you know he'll shake somebody he'll get 10 yards but he's not going 65 for a touchdown like Bryce Mm -hmm. did you know but how is this offense gonna grow and you know especially at the running back situation if we want to talk about transfers you know we lose a guy who has a ton of speed that would have been involved in the offense and Seneca knowledge you know where's the speed coming from from the backfield you know who's it gonna be and I mean now we have five Six open scholarships. And yeah, I mean, I am here really hoping we get Mike Collins and uh, more snaps than what he got last year because we need some explosiveness, some dynamic ability in the mm-hmm. backfield that hopefully he at least has a better chance to provide than some of the other people there. But hopefully he's fixed his yeah, I mean, problems. Yeah, yeah, for real, for real. I mean, it's just uncertain times. And I mean, in yeah. all of losing <laughs> practice, you know, we lose the transfers. We lose Kyer, Atkins, uh-huh. you know, Hubbard, Harvey, you know, all these guys, Millage, Major Williams, like we're losing all these guys and we can't replace them right now because no one can right. do visits. And I, I, I was <laughs> it's laughing, really hard to deal with. I was laughing when you said uncertain times, because that's really the, the, the thing about this whole, what we've been saying, everything's uncertain right now. Like we don't know anything. And this includes sports. Like we don't know what's happening. 
uh, in the government or in our country. We also don't know what's happening in sports. And it all just kind of goes together like that. And I think it's really nice that everything's uncertain <laughs> all at once. Yeah, I mean, it's also like one of these things, too, when you like try to put yourself in like these other program shoes. Like, what are the tech fans thinking about this? Mm-hmm. And like... What Georgia. Are, what are the like, Georgia are the, fans think? Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think uh, this obviously gives an edge to teams that have, you know, uh, continuity in the coaching staff, which EVA largely has, with the exception of Clint Senna, but largely still has. But it also gives an advantage to teams that have continuity at quarterback, which EVA, thankfully, Brennan Armstrong's been in the system for two years. You know, assuming he's the guy, you know, he's at least from a playbook perspective going to be ready. He's not going to be learning the playbook in August, but. At the same time, you know, you really want those practice reps. You really do. Mm-hmm. And not just for him, but for everyone. And, you know, you'll be breaking in new offensive line starters, new receivers. And defense, I think, will be okay. But, off- I mean, you got to have the offense to win you football games. So, I don't know, man. It's 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 hard to kind of wrap your mind around. Because at this time in the offseason, it's where spring practice is just starting. Like, what is – I'm trying to think, like, what does this formation look like? How are we going to try to utilize that guy or that guy? Now it's just, like – when are we going to see him again? You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been weird. So is there any other football news? I know you mentioned a lot of the players transferring out. Uh, have you heard any reason why they might've been transferring? And I know a couple of players were dismissed from the program. Is there any, anything behind that, that you know about? Yeah. I mean, it's tough to really get inside it too much. There's definitely, you know, rumors circulating around and you really can't go by too much more than kind of what, the official word is what Bronco tells you in his press conference. So, you know, we knew a while ago that Kay Kyer and Lamont Atkins were leaving the program, you know, Lamont Atkins graduating early. He's got a job offer down in Texas that he's mm-hmm. taking makes plenty of sense. PK Kyer, you know, he was retiring from football to focus on academics thing at UVA, I believe makes plenty of sense. You know, Bronco put those two out in the open. We knew about those. Mm -hmm. For the other guys, you know, they definitely fall in two buckets. You have the Seneca Millage and Major Williams, you know, two guys that were freshmen last year. And, you know, they're both put their names in the portal. They're cousins. They're close friends by all accounts. You know, I don't know what happened. People have floated rumors on Twitter. I have no idea. And even if I did, I don't think it's the best thing for certain people to necessarily be speculating. But, you know, it's... Uh, they're definitely in one bucket and I'm not sure what happened there, but the fact that they put their names in the portal, you know, they're going to another program. Then you have the RJ Harvey and Jaquay Hubbard who are both going the Juco route. And, you know, it seems like the door might or might not be open there for a return for these guys. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at Jaquay Hubbard's Twitter feed, you know, he's still retweeting UVA stuff left and right. And, you know, he apparently has been gone since January. So, you know, he's been, out of the program for a couple months and he's you would never know it by looking at his twitter feed yeah. and you know it's tough uh tough to necessarily say the same with rj harvey i just haven't seen his social media page but you know it seems like the door might be open there for a return i don't know what the plans were i don't know what happened but i do think it's interesting that these guys went the juco route while uh seneca millage and major williams went the transfer portal route i think it indicates at least on the surface you know, the differences in the situations here and what the intentions might be from both the players and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, all four of these guys were freshmen and, you know, all four of them redshirted last year. Yeah. And, 
you know, Major Williams, you know, he didn't create quite the buzz that a lot of these other guys did. But, you know, R.J. Harvey, me personally, I was really excited to see him. I thought he could have played quarterback. And, you know, the staff was looking to move him elsewhere just with depth concerns at running back and receiver. So mm-hmm. he probably wasn't going to be a quarterback this year. But I really liked his potential. And, you know, a guy like Seneca Millage just has so much speed. We saw him in the kick return game last year. So much potential there. And then yeah. obviously Jaquay Hubbard, you know, before – uh before we get um shoot his name slipping me right now but before we get our um class this year you know jaquay hubbard was probably the biggest recruit of the biggest offensive lineman recruit of the bronco mendenhall era so you know losing all these guys is difficult and you know you wish every player who came in in the class would come in and be a contributor that's just not the reality but you know obviously you wish these guys the best and you know hope whatever whatever happens works out for the best for all these guys yeah yeah and you know it's it, with the portal they always have the option to come back if the coaching staff will let them but uh unfortunate to see that they won't some of them might not be able to finish their careers at uva or have decided not to so with that is there any other recruiting news with uva football or transfers that might come in or anything else that you've noticed with the football team yeah, I mean, transfers is just difficult because just like with basketball, I mean, these guys can't take visits right now, at least until April 15th, you know, and it might go longer than that. We just don't really know. So, you know, the two transfers that the staff is going after hard right now mm-hmm. are uh, Ronnie Walker from Indiana and Jack Sears, the quarterback from USC. So, I mean, Ronnie Walker has ties to the area. Um, you know, UVA recruited him pretty hard out of high school and he came in and you know, ended up committing to Indiana, but he's transferring. In theory, he's sit one, play two transfer. Sounds like he's petitioning pretty hard for a waiver to get eligible. We'll see how it goes there. It seems like Bronco has kind of hinted that, you know, hey, we want this guy. We think he's going to be immediately eligible, have two years of eligibility remaining. But, you know, to be honest with you, I think he might be the best scheme fit for this Robert and I offense of any running back we've had in the mm-hmm. Mendenhall era. I think Taquan Mizell was the most talented one by far that we've had in the Mendenhall era. Yeah. But I think Ronnie Walker might be the best scheme fit. If you look at him, he's elusive, but he's good in between the tackles. You know, he doesn't have that top end speed that maybe Mizell had, but I don't think it's too far behind. So I think he'll be a great scheme fit if we're lucky enough to get him. And then Jack Sears, the USC quarterback, you know, quarterback's an interesting situation i'll i actually am curious what your take on this is because it seems to me you're probably not going to get a transfer quarterback in at uva without at least promising him a a shot a legitimate shot to win the starting job Mm -hmm. in which case are you know are we you know inviting disaster you know as happened so many times under the mike london era you know where we just create these quarterback battles out of nowhere and there was no secession planning I don't think that's necessarily the case here personally. And I think the depth kind of shows you that it's kind of needed, but I don't know. Do you have a take on kind of bringing in a transfer quarterback versus not? I think at this point we need it, right? Cause we only have, we have Armstrong, we have Wets, when not Wentz, but wet Wets, Wentz, but he's reportedly switched position to a so tight end. Yeah. Count. So he's supposed to be a tight end. So like after, after Armstrong, who's left? I mean, it's basically Lindell Stone and yeah. Ira Armstead. Stone me, bro. This season. 
I mean, but, <laughs> you're playing with fire, man. Right. I know. <laughs> That's the problem. Like, when the limited action that Stone had this year, it was very clear that he did not, you know, re- necessarily feel like it, it felt like he did not want to be on the field. Like, it felt like he's moved on to a graduate kind of assistant role that we've seen before in several players at UVA, but he's doing it as a player. And so it, it feels like, and it feels like the coaching staff is going in that direction too. Like they want to keep him as a backup, like very, very backup. And it feels like <laughs> I, you know, I, and our arm sets coming in as a freshman from a school that didn't have a lot of wins. And so yeah, and he a, enrolls early, but he's right. not going to get spring practice. <laughs> right. So there's a lot of questions surrounding him and his, you know, his arm. And we don't know what his, his arms like. Uh, apparently he's a really good runner, but can he learn the offense? So I feel like we have to bring in some sort of quarterback who we can throw in there if we need to. Uh, someone who is not necessarily like not looking for a starting job, but looking for competition with Armstrong because it feels like the coaching staff is very, very high on Armstrong and they don't want to, you know, bring in someone who's going to challenge him in a quarterback battle. That's what, that's the feeling I get from this. Do you agree with me on that? I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're bringing in someone to necessarily be the number one guy, but to me, it, it would be difficult to bring in a transfer quarterback, especially grad transfer, if we have to go that route, depending on how the rules go with the NCAA, someone with immediate eligibility. To me, it's hard to bring in someone like that if you're not at least promising them a, sh- a shot, a shot. at the starting job. At the same time, I just don't know, and I think you're absolutely right. I think this was a luxury to talk about a couple weeks ago when, you know, hey, RJ Harvey, here's a guy who could be the backup quarterback. And then you know, after it was announced that he was transferring, I think it became pretty clear, you know, this team really does need to bring in a transfer quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully this person's talented. You know, Jack Sears and his one start, he was really good. But there's also a reason that he didn't start most of his career at USC. Yeah. So, you know, Brennan Armstrong's obviously a bit of an unknown as well, even though the staff speaks highly of him. And he's played well in the action we've seen him. Mm-hmm. So I, I consider it, almost a need at this point but and and, i think the coaching staff is looking at it the same way and i think the other thing you got to think about is what is the secession plan for quarterback i know we've got a freshman in ira armstead but is he gonna have to is he gonna redshirt this year and if so he can only play in four games so if we want him to redshirt do we throw in stone for a little bit if we need if you know if brennan armstrong gets hurt god forbid or do we bring in someone else who is you know has played the position before. I think it's an interesting idea to think about, you know, what happens after Brennan Armstrong is gone in two years or sooner if something happens. Yeah. And I mean, you look at, you look at Ira Armstead and, you know, he's a guy that obviously needs to add some weight. He probably needs to add 20 or 30 pounds to get to the point where he can be running consistently within our system. So, I mean, plus he's just kind of a raw prospect and he's got a ceiling, but you know, I would say he's at least two years out from being ready to see the field consistently. And then you look at the guys they're recruiting, you know, we have Jay Wolfolk, who's coming in in the class of 2021, really talented guy. But, you know, we also don't know. He's also a really talented baseball player. Does that play in at all? Does he ultimately go the baseball route? You know, we've told him he can play baseball at UVA. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And they're also looking at another quarterback in the 21 class, Walter Simmons, who I really like. I'm really excited about him. So, 
you know, we see the succession planning taking shape, but obviously, you know, bringing in two quarterbacks last year and RJ Harvey and Luke Wentz, who are no longer playing the position or in the program even necessarily, you know, we, we, we kind of have to look at that, you know, if everyone had stayed in then the succession planning would have been great, but that's not the case. And that's why the grad transfer market's there. And, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully this staff can and will take advantage because I do absolutely think that's a need. And they definitely have in the past, you know, they've, they've reached out and they've gotten some grad transfers who've played right away or who have tried to play right away. So, you know, it's interesting to see where, where they'll go with this. And I suspect that they'll, they'll be definitely looking at the transfer market and especially the grad transfer market to try and get that quarterback, that elusive quarterback uh, as a backup for Armstrong. Although, as you said, they'll probably have to spin it that they will get a chance to get the starting job. Although it, it sounds like they have their minds made up pretty much, which is weird. So I don't know. I, I think that it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on as well. You know, where does the staff go when finding a quarterback for the future? Yeah, I mean, it, it's all interesting to follow. Again, like these guys can't take visits. And the one recent commit we just had, a quarterback out of Charlottesville who's committing at a committing as a wide receiver but he's from charlottesville like i'm sure he's seen uva tons of times like Mm -hmm. i think that's going to be the exception to the instead of the rule here seeing kind of commitments come in because you know uva was lucky in the sense that they were able to get their junior day and a lot of their recruits in Mm -hmm. before kind of the whole coronavirus situation hit but at the same time it's gonna be hard for a lot of these guys to really take their official visits or kind of make firm decisions in this current situation that you know, like we said, we just don't know how long it's going to be going on for. So I don't know. And this whole, the whole off season discussion, both when it comes to basketball, which unfortunately came prematurely, but also football, which we're kind of gearing up for. There's just such a cloud of uncertainty here. We just really don't know, you know, how it's all going to play out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Any last thoughts on football or last words on football or anything like that? No, I don't think so, man. You know, we'll just keep monitoring, recruiting, uh, you know, Virginia. When it comes to transfers, Virginia has plenty of scholarships available now. So, you know, we're looking at these two transfers now. There might be more. I mean, I think you can make a really good argument that Virginia could really benefit from a grad transfer wide receiver right now, too. So, you know, we'll just keep an eye on how things unfold. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully this situation will clear up soon, not just for sports, but for everybody's health and well-being. But you know, we'll, we'll just keep monitoring it and, you know, keep following it and just eating up any piece of information we can get at this point. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so with that, I think we're done unless you have anything else to add, Rob. Nah, I, I think we're good, man. You want to give some yells? Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you want to go first? I do. So my yell goes out to the Sabre. Uh, we were unfortunately matched up in the first round of a UVA Twitter NCAA bracket style and I was a five seed or we were a five seed which was great but the Sabre was a 12 seed and I really believe the Sabre was under severely underseeded in this bracket uh, especially considering they are an institution in UVA sports media uh, not necessarily on Twitter but they are brand name for really anyone who spends a lot of time online with UVA sports with the message boards the articles, the highlights, all that kind of stuff. I was, uh, I felt like I was unfairly treated in that bracket, and uh, I think it should be null and void 
the the loss to the Saber in the first round. But congrats to the Saber for your win over the Guys and Ties <laughs> podcast. That's all I have to say about yeah. that. And there's there's a lot there's a lot to talk about with that bracket, man. A lot, a lot of disrespect being tossed around. A lot of disrespect <laughs> being tossed around. But the effort was good. The effort was good. I like um, the idea. <laughs> we we just need bracket. I saw one tree. I think it was from Andrew Rams packet. I was like, has anyone done a bracket of the brackets yet? Like, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of brackets going around. Yeah. Um, I'll give my yell to the, these UVA draft hopefuls, man. The NFL ones, mm-hmm. especially Bryce Perkins. You know, Bryce Perkins. Supposed to have the UVA pro day, and then that got canceled. And then he was going to do the Arizona State pro day, and that got canceled. Dude got snubbed from the combine. Uh, now it doesn't get a pro day to show off. I mean, Bryce Perkins is awesome, man. Like, great guy. Obviously, incredible football player. Hopefully, he, you know, will get a fair shake at this draft. Gets into an invite somehow, and we'll just prove everybody wrong. And you know, same thing goes for Bryce Hall. You know, they mm-hmm. Bryce Hall is just saying he just started running and cutting, you know, about a week or two ago that he was hopeful he'd be able to work out for his pro day, which would have been in a few weeks. But, I mean, it was a severe, severe injury that yep. he had. I mean, broken fibula, dislocated ankle. You know, I wish him the best coming back from that. Glad he's able to work out again. And, you know, just pulling for all our who's out there. Hopefully they all get a fair shake and, in the NFL. And Dubois and Reed as well, both of them have absolutely hopes to get drafted and especially for Bryce Hall you know I'm excited to see his progress moving forward and how he progresses in his health and hopefully he gets drafted and if not I'm sure he will get drafted because of his talent but you know if if his injury doesn't you know allow him to get drafted hopefully he picks up with another team at some point but with that, I think that's all for us today. We're going to be putting out some podcasts every now and then. Uh, our schedule is kind of wonky right now because, you know, Rob's working from home and I'm not in Arlington. So we're going to be doing this remotely, as is everyone. So, but we'll let you know when they're coming out. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Guys and Ties podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Ties Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat. There's not a lot of bonus content right now, <laughs> but go ahead and do it anyway for Rob. It'll make him feel good. Oh, we'll get some coming, man. We'll get some we'll get coming. Some coming. <laughs> make sure to follow us on iTunes and Spotify if you want to keep listening to Rob and I. Check out Armchair Media as well. They've got all your sports coverage during the quarantine, during the coronavirus. So make sure to check them out. And we will see you guys next time. Go Hoos, baby. full of surprises but one thing is always predictable postage costs go up stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89 percent off usps and ups services so when postage goes up your business will barely notice the change stamps.com is like your own personal post office wherever you are you can even take orders on the go with the mobile app no lines no traffic no waiting schedule package pickups 
automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.